0: In 2017, I quit my nine to five to take the leap and built my million dollar business. Since then, I've been on a mission to turn dreams into reality and help others do the same. But here's the big question. How do real entrepreneurs like us, you know, the ones who are risking our own life savings and starting from the bottom. How do we transform our lives, make the impact we crave and build a profitable business all from scratch? That's the question, and this show gives you the answers. I am Lexi Gabluski and welcome to Building My Empire. Hi, everybody. This is Lexi Gadluski, and welcome back to another episode of Building My Empire. Today, I have such an exciting guest on the show. I cannot wait for this episode. Today, I have Rich Keller joining me. He is a catalyst who helps people discover who they are in one word, and he is the magician too, I'll say who has helped me and so many others discover our one words and really just helped me understand branding on a whole new level. So Rich, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here and I cannot wait for this conversation.
1: Lexi G, can we just have a moment, please? Seriously, just a moment. Okay, this is the third time we are interacting this week. So, this is an incredible week.
0: (laughs) That's how you know it's a good week.
1: 100%. And I just need to tell every one of your listeners how much I adore you. And just you bring, you epitomize what life is about meeting people on LinkedIn, taking it offline (laughs) and just building an incredible relationship together. And I'm so grateful to be here. And Lexi G, let's go. I mean, this is just you're you're incredible.
0: Rich, just drop the mic already. Like if that's the starting point, like this this conversation can only go up from here.
1: Like I'm scared of how long we're going to be doing this because we can I talk know, for days and know, I. I mean, that's just the beauty of and 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 what's funny is that we have never met each other yet. No. Because we met I right know. before the pandemic, and so yep. like, can you imagine when we get to like the coffee shop is going to be on steroids? I when
0: don't know, we're going to close the shop. We're going to be may, there the whole time.
1: And it may be in Schenectady, but we won't tell anybody about that. <laughs> that's Inside <hilarious>. joke, listeners. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh man, here we go. All right. Rich, first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for your kind words. I adore you. And I'm so thankful for all of the knowledge and wisdom and lessons and everything that you've brought into my life. And as you kind of hinted towards already, like I will talk about this more on the episode, but you and I met just from a simple LinkedIn message that I sent you one day that was, and that was honestly I remember sending that LinkedIn message to you, and I was nervous to be wow. quite honest with you. I was very nervous because I was like, "Look at this guy; he's got all of his stuff figured out already." Like, he, oh, yeah. yeah, that was that's the thought that I had in my head. I'm like, I was honestly, I can think back. I was here in my co working space, and I remember seeing you on LinkedIn and sending you a message, and I was so nervous to do that, and like what I tell people all the time is I've always been nervous to be the one to like start conversations like that or reach out to strangers or that type of thing. But like, you are just such a great example of, you never know what can happen when you just send a simple message. You just reach out to someone, you ask a question, you ask for help or whatever it is. Like you never know what that can turn into. And I'm so thankful that I sent that message.
1: Well, you you know, it's interesting. It's interesting. I'm glad, you know, I'm so glad that you shared that. First of all, you fake it till you become it. That's like my <laughs> motto. But it was interesting because when I got you on LinkedIn and I, you know, Googled you, cause that's okay. I'm a brand guy. That's what we do. We'll talk about that. Well, and I how think that's that what is.
0: everyone does these days. Yeah, you can, like, go right to Google or to Instagram or something to see and I, what's up. And, with and I shared
1: person. this, I shared this on my show when you were on, I said that you, I saw your podcast and I went and listened. I'm like, let me just listen to an episode and I said it. I have to meet this rock star. Like some people just have the it factor. That's what Simon Cowell said on American Idol. And I just felt like, but in some spiritual way, it's crazy. It was that was meant to happen. Like I mean, we all get emails and tons of them, but I just felt like, oh, this is so interesting. And one thing led to another, and then we got on the you know phone. Uh, we did a Zoom but I'm laughing that you were nervous because you don't think I was nervous meeting you. I'm like, hello.
0: That's you. You were nervous.
1: Yeah. Because I'm like, listen, I'm 53. I have kids that are around your age. And I just felt like, I hope I come off as somebody who cares. And like, I'm not just, you know, and we'll talk a lot about this. Like, I didn't, I, I I didn't want anything from you. I just wanted to get to know you. And then I offered you my program and boom. And all of a sudden, like, I was like, I hope that that's going to happen that way. And it did funny. And it did because we have to trust our gut when it's meant to be. And it was all meant to be.
0: I love that. And I was going to ask you too. I know that you said you listened to my podcast and that was kind of like a tipping point for for you, but like, was there anything else that caused you to respond to my message? Because I have people asking me that who are like, they want to reach out to people or they want to like make that initial first I don't want to say move, but like make that step and they're, they're nervous to do that. They don't know what to say. So I'm curious to hear from your spe- perspective, like what was the thing that caused you to say, I want to listen to her podcast and I want to get on a call with her?
1: Yeah, I, I think that's a really great question because number one, the title of your podcast got me. I'm like, you're building your empire. And, you know, I just quit my career and I was on this crazy journey, which we'll talk about. And I just felt like, oh, let me see what this all means. I mean, you're, you know, you're much younger than me. Maybe there's something I could learn here. And then the second thing is, and I'm as a brand guy, I'm just gonna say it, there was just something about your voice and your casualness, and you just seem like somebody really cool. And as I now know, is so damn true. <laughs> and it was just, you know, owning my own business right now, I get to help as anybody I want. And I just yeah. thought, what? What do I have to lose? You seem like you're really fun. You seem approachable. I loved your journey. And in, in the and I think I watched your oh, op- you know, entry opening episode. And I just said, let's go. And that's really what I do. And you, you know, you connected and we clicked, and the rest is history. I mean, if you connect with someone and it's not gonna work or they don't respond, you move on. But It was just a and now what I know now, like I'm so grateful. (laughs) Like, think about it. It was meant yeah. It was
0: so meant to be.
1: A hundred percent. So that's why I always Mm -hmm. surrender now and follow my gut. You just follow your gut. There's no plan here. You just gotta keep moving and improving. And that's what I did. And we're here today. And it's just an incredible thing.
0: And you know what's funny too, from a marketing perspective, that I wanna talk about and share with the listeners is that. What I remember too, is when we got on that very first call with each other, we literally both said, hello. And then the very first thing you said was, I listened to the first episode of your podcast. I heard your story and oh my gosh, I knew I had to meet this girl. Like that was the first thing you said. And the reason why I bring this up is because the very first, the very first episode of my podcast is strategic in the sense that it shares my story and it shares where I've been and where I am now and, and the journey that I'm about to bring people on. And I, I want to share that with the listeners because that was a strategic moment because so many people go and listen to my first podcast episode, even if they don't go and listen to the rest of the podcast episodes, they go and listen to the first one. And so starting things, whether it's with a podcast or somewhere on your social media or wherever it is, like starting with that story of where you where you were and what you went through and now where you are today is so important because it kind of catches people up to where you've been and what you're going towards now. And it was such a great like conversation starter for us too when we first got on the phone together.
1: Yeah, I always say, bring your mess to your message. And yes, I, I love I felt, that. Yeah, and I just felt, I mean, as you know, as a person who builds brands, it's all about storytelling. I mean yeah. this is what people miss the diff- the difference between a brand and a business is you. And when you bring your story and then you tell me the value that you can give me th- right there that that's the lock and and I just felt that you you know, you you shared a little bit about what the journey you were on in the business mm-hmm. you wanted to build, but it was the story. And now that I know so much about it, a lot of it's going to be like muffled. Like <laughs> yeah. I can't remember what exactly I thought when I heard it. But yeah. But you had yeah. a story, and a and a and a, and there was a a courageous spirit in that story. And you were doing what I was doing much younger, which I thought was so cool because I didn't start until I was fifty. And I just say to people, if you want to connect with someone as you and I'll talk, engage first, like when you engage with someone and you connect, find the connection. I always say this in an interview, like if you're a sports fan and you know, the person you're interviewing is into sports, like start the interview that way. Do not be afraid to connect. Game changer. And I felt that way. And I felt like we both were on this like sort of path. And I just really connected to that story. And that is what the essence of branding is about. Nobody cares about what I do until they hear my story and why I'm doing what I'm doing because otherwise then I'm out for myself and branding is about being out for others, be the guide, help others win. So you, you did it all right.
0: Oh, thank you. And you know, what's funny too, that I, that I'm continuing to learn is that that storytelling piece and that connection piece of finding just what is the one connection that you have that you can build with that person comes into play, not only in building your business and marketing, but all the other areas of your life too. Like if you, if you're like post COVID at a bar, right. And you see someone Mm -hmm. that you want to start a conversation with, like you have to just find one connection, right. To start a conversation with them. And that's it. So if you can find like one connection point, just to kind of get your foot in the door and start that conversation with them, boom, game over.
1: (laughs) Well, that's why it's also important when somebody refers you, you mm. know, if you know, if you want to speak to somebody and have a networking meeting and, and you know that the person that you're friends with knows that person, like once that person says, hey, will you talk to Lexi? Like it's an automatic, of course, yeah. they're a friend You guys, I'm going to do that because it and, it and people don't do that as well. Oh, I don't want to, you know, impose. No, impose because that when somebody says that to me, I feel like Lexi, you want me to meet your friend, instant friend of mine, because you know me, you know what I'm about that makes it a lot easier. People want to help. You just have to know what you want and also always ask them how you can add value. How can I help you? And, and if you, and said another way, if you, if you reach out to that person to make that connection, you've helped that person first. That's what's most important. You know, because always people say to me, you say this to me all the time, how rich, what can I do for you? And I'm like, I don't really have anything yet. But when I do, (laughs) I know that if I call you, Because of the work we've done together, making that connection for me is going to be so much faster for me to connect and then start the, you know, the, the relationship. So I think that's really smart.
0: Yeah. And it's the, just like you said, it's the relationship building and people have to know, like, and trust you in order to want to work with you and want to even hand over money to you. You know, they have to know, like, and trust you for sure.
1: You bet. You bet. I love
0: it. So before we dive into your story, I want to start off by asking you, because we, as you said, we talk all the time, we talk every week. So I've gotten to know you pretty well, but I want to know what's something interesting about you that most people don't know about you?
1: Oh, my God. What's interesting about me that most people don't know about me? Um, Okay. I I mean, I'm just going to say the first thing that comes to my mind. Okay. I absolutely 100% love Broadway musicals. Do you? I um, never knew that. Oh, my. Like, if you want to get to my heart, take me to a musical. And I, I sing in the shower. I mean, I'm not a oh, good yeah. singer, Me too. but I can belt out some pretty damn good musical tunes from Broadway shows. And when I was in business school, mm-hmm. um, I went to Wharton. And when I was in business school, I never, I used to do plays when I was a kid, you know, just public school, never sang we have it, what's called the Wharton Follies and it's basically a spoof on business school life. We write, we write, oh, that's it's, so it's, fun. it's singing, acting, dancing. You write a spoof, you take show, you take songs from shows and you turn them into the storyline of business school. So I'll give an example. Um, this this, uh, the song suddenly Seymour" from little shop of horrors yeah. turns into "What Am I here for. And so you change all the words that's and so you,
0: fun. You,
1: you do a storyline and, um, I decided I was going to go audition because I, and I have never sang before in, in public to people and I show up at the auditions. The, the acting was easy. The dancing was fine. Cause I can dance. Okay. And then we get to also the a fun
0: fact. I didn't know about you. Yeah. Yeah. I, didn't yeah. I, I, I
1: mean, I can dance. You, there's no doubt you put me on a dance floor to bar and <laughs> for a wedding. No doubt. That's easy. We get to the singing part and I am, um, I mean, I'm a mess. So I show up at the audition Never forget this, and I love Broadway musicals. As I said, and the song that they made us rehearse for—it's like American Idol in 1995. Yeah, 1994. Yeah, four, 1994. And the song was "What Am I Here For?" They gave us the Suddenly Seymour song, and I'm rehearsing, and I'm like singing, and I'm like, "Okay, I think I can maybe do this," but I was a mess. And I'm listening to the other auditions because you know Ryan Seacrest outside, you know, yeah. listening. <laughs> yeah. And I waiting for these- the
0: golden golden ticket.
1: I hear these amazing people singing and I was like, (laughs) you know what? And I said this, I go, you know what? I'm going in there and I'm gonna put on my Barbra Streisand like nobody's business, okay? I walk in, I sang the hell out of that song, okay? And it's funny, because the next like two days later, they had the, made it to the final round. And then they had, you know, the the, the list up. And yeah. I don't know if you know this, but like, you go to a bulletin board in college, and like, you just yeah. see your name, like, like plastered. <laughs> yep. Nobody else. And I look, and I'm walking, and I'm walking, and I'm like, Oh, my God, I made the cast. <laughs> I made the cast. Oh and I like, I freaked out. And then I, I, my wife, who was a resident at the time uh, in gynecology, I called her and she was doing a surgery. And the nurse, you know, put her phone to her. And I'm like,
0: I made a show. I made a show. Like, oh my gosh. That's incredible.
1: Wild. I mean, I, I don't, you know, I didn't have like solos and I didn't, you know, I mean, I wasn't like, you know, winning a Grammy award. But the following year, I was asked to direct the show with a person, with a very special friend of mine. Shout out to Henny and to this day, and we both directed the show a year later. So to make a long story short, like I almost like lived a little bit of my dream out. That's like, so cool. A, and, and then we did it off Broadway in New York as part of the alumni association is you take the show to New York. So for two years we came to Broadway, off Broadway in New York and we put it on for the alumni. Alexi, I gotta tell you, amazing. I sang enough to like be respectable and it was and we wrote, you know, we wrote the the first year the the show was called um uh, Heaven Can Wait List. So
0: it was a takeoff oh. on it was takeoff
1: on a I on love the movie. It. It was a takeoff on the movie *Having Come Wait*. Yeah. Second year when I directed, it was called *Mission Improbable*. That was the year *Mission Impossible* with Tom Cruise was. Oh, here. that's so fun. It was Mission Improbable, and like I said, we take all the we take Broadway songs, we change them, we do a storyline. It's got a full plot. It's a big product. I mean, it is a massive production. You know, with with directors and producers and sets, incredible. So my answer to your question. <laughs> I can, a, I can sing a mean Broadway tune Love
0: Wow Broadway. who knew who and knew that know? rich Keller
1: I sang, I saw Mis 17 director times. I saw Les Miss 17 times I'm not even kidding like that's really one of my favorite shows in the whole world like yeah there was like a five or six year span where I just kept going because the tickets were like very cheap in New York and so yeah I, I just shared a big secret like that's,
0: that's a big secret <laughs> Now I need to know two things number one, are there pictures of this?
1: 100% and I will All share right. some with you. I need to
0: see those. Number two, are you a Hamilton fan?
1: He, you know what? I am. I have not seen the show and funny you should say that for my my dad's, my wife's dad, I call him dad, 75th birthday, no, no maybe it was his 80th birthday last year, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. 80th birthday, we had tickets to go and then COVID hit March mm-hmm. 12th, Broadway shut down, mm-hmm. we had to tell him we can't go. Mm-hmm. So dying to see the show huge fan love the music absolutely that's like that's like the lame is of my time you know mm-hmm. that show yeah. so 100% would
0: you watch it on disney plus or you know what
1: absolutely and my kids have i just haven't seen it um one of my friends gave gave us the his password and username oops and uh <laughs> yeah, they, we're all huge fans so, yeah we're yeah. Dying. I and mean, when broadway comes back we'll definitely take my dad to see the show but that's so cool 100% um yeah, yeah, amazing. I that is talk. that
0: is something I never would have guessed about you. That's incredible.
1: Really, Real, oh,
0: one hundred percent. Yeah.
1: Oh, huge fan. I mean, I could talk all day. No, absolutely. Oh, that's
0: awesome. That and is I'm gonna, so cool. And
1: I'm gonna go on record to say that I am probably the only person that saw Dear Evan Hansen without Ben Platt because the night I yeah. went, it was the only time he had an understudy, and that was the night I went with my wife. So wow. I'm not upset about it, as you can tell. <laughs> two years later. But I can sing every song from that show as well.
0: Who knew, Rich? Look Lex, at you. Lexi I'm G, you're new learning things
1: every day. So I will share some photos. I 100% okay. will share some photos. And if you listen to my Sesame Street episode on my mm-hmm. podcast, you'll hear me sing three verses from the show. It's short ones, but I do sing. It's the first time I've ever sang in an episode.
0: Oh, that's incredible. I love <laughs> it. Sharing all the secrets here on building my empire. There you go. Woo. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Thank you for sharing that. Next, we're going to sh- switch gears. And I want to hear more about your full story of your background and your career and how you got into business, everything like that. So please share what your story is with us.
1: <sighs> I'm always like rehearsing to make sure it's not like five hours. You know? <laughs> um, so I'm going I'm to start by sharing this. I'd like to share with everyone that I'm a cancer survivor, 27 years this year. And I'm married to a 10-year survivor. Thank God, advanced breast cancer. I had testicular cancer when we were engaged and she had breast cancer 17 years later and just miraculously is doing amazing.
0: Now, I don't want to interrupt, but yeah. I do want to say something. So as you, you and I were talking last week and we both found out that 1027 are yes. kind of our, our numbers like
1: That's from right. the universe
0: and, and are very meaningful to us. I just heard that it's gonna be your wife's 10th year and your 27th year.
1: Is that, okay, stop right there because I didn't even think about that. That (laughs) That's
0: why I had to say something because that's crazy.
1: That is really wild. Wow. And for your listeners, my son's birthday is 1027. And one day I was telling Lexi that every time I look at the clock, it says 1027, I take a photo and I send it to him. And that's when you told me about your brother. And I was like, okay, once again, kinetic energy meant to be. Crazy, it's crazy. So I love that. I'm gonna have to tell Sharon that. Yeah, (laughs) like that. That stuff just really hits me. It's so spiritual. So I share that with you because um, I grew up in a very challenged home, um, and I share this on stages when I speak. Um, I grew up in a very challenged home, and I basically grew up invisible, where I really just I was never. I was told I wasn't smart enough. I was never athletic enough. um, My parents fought a lot, and um, and the reason this is important is when i when I went into my first job after college, I went into accounting. And as you'll learn about me, my personal brand in one word is being a catalyst, and that could not have been the I couldn't have made any worse of a decision than I did to go into a field that was so not aligned with who I am, and I'll get into that in a couple of minutes. And so I, ended up spending five years in accounting. And then I went to business school and I went to Wharton and I majored in marketing. It's got my degree in marketing and strategy. And I went to work for multiple consumer products companies over my career. Um, I worked at Kraft Foods, Nabisco, Cadbury. I worked at Godiva. I ate a lot of snacks in my career and chocolate. Oh, I bet. No, I love chocolate, but it's not, you know, I mean, I take a bag of Tostitos any moment over chocolate. <laughs> um, but I did this crazy thing at work, and I call it the core value one word process. And what I would do is I would, I would craft the identities of these brands that I worked on. And by the way, brands that everybody knows, like Planters Peanuts, yep. Dentine Gum, Fig Newtons, Godiva. So, you know, not shabby brands. And I, and I would craft the identity for this, these brands in one word. And the one word was what I always say is the core value that that brand gives to you to make your life easier because we buy brands in a supermarket or we, br- we buy a service because it solves a problem. And if you market the problem that you're solving, that's the core value that you're purchasing from the brands. And so I came up with this crazy one word idea and I've I'd been doing it throughout my career and you know things were grand and everything was working well. And then one day my son, his name is Zach, he came to me and he was applying to college, getting ready to apply. And he said to me, he said, dad, I'm getting ready for my alumni interviews and you know, would you help me? And I said, of course I will. I mean, I do marketing for a living and branding, of course. (laughs) And I asked him one question that I didn't realize would change my life until two years after and I'll get into that in a little bit. I asked him, I sat him down in the kitchen and I said, great, let's start. I said, tell me about yourself. And he was like, okay, what do I say? And I'm like, tell me anything. He's like, I don't even know what to tell you. And I said, well, just give me anything about you. And he started telling me all these things that he was doing. He's like, I study, I play sports, I love video games. And I looked at him and I said, you don't know who you are? And he said, no, they don't teach us that in high school. Why would I know that? And it was that moment in the kitchen when I realized I had this like sort of aha moment. I said, well, maybe I could, and this is crazy. I just said, well, maybe we'll do the same thing I did. I do in my career. I, I disrupt the way brands think. Maybe I can disrupt the way you think and help you discover who you are. And like nothing ever thinking that this would become something I would do in the future. So I spent some time with him over the next like week or two, three weeks. And we came up with his one word. And his one word was, or is, persevere. And then I said to him, I said, Zach, I now want you go through the interviews, get the alumni ones done, but I want you to now go upstairs and think about is if you're in front of the admissions committee and I want you to tell the admissions committee a story about how you bring this perseverer magic to life. Because when you apply to college, you're basically telling the the school, this is what I'm going to bring. So it's branding, think like a brand. And he looked at me like I had 10 heads, by the way, I just want to be clear, this was not something he was eager to do. (laughs) But he came back like maybe a couple of weeks later while we were talking and doing, and he wrote an amazing essay about a campfire event at Sleepaway Camp. And this is a kid who went to camp every summer. He wasn't an entrepreneur. He didn't solve world hunger. He didn't travel the world. He went to camp. And after writing this essay and applying, he got into Cornell, okay? So I, I wanna fast forward at that moment. He goes, he gets in a, about a year and a half, almost a year later, He's getting ready to go to college and I did something pretty radical that I don't recommend everybody do, but you'll understand why I did it. When I share, I quit my career on the spot. I was 50. He was getting ready to go to college and I was at work one day and through a discussion, which, you know, we don't have to get into, I was getting a performance report. It was not what I expected. And it was that moment where I just had this click in my head and I said, wait a minute, I can accept this and continue in this environment that I don't belong in, or I can take the wheel and drive. And I got up, I closed the door and I made a deal with my CEO. And I stayed an extra six weeks, which is really important. Don't ever burn a bridge, leave on, leave on the right foot. And I, I made a deal with them and then I exited the company. And I have to tell you, Lex, everybody I want like your listeners to understand that like when you make a move like that and everyone's congratulating you and Oh my God, I'm so excited. That's such courage and inspiring and you're great. And and I'm feeling this adrenaline. Like I felt like I was Mr. America sash on, (laughs) I'm walking with the hat and everything's great. And then I, six weeks later I left and it was a nice goodbye and I got home. And the next day, this is fall of 2017. The next day I'm like, what did I just do? Holy crap. Like, what am I going to do next? And I literally sat in my office for like a day or two. And I, and I remembered people saying to me all the time, Rich, you can hit grand slams. Like, like you you gotta do something bigger. You're much bigger than that. You're much bigger. And I kept saying, nope, I don't have the confidence. I don't have the courage. I'm not valued enough. I'm not smart enough. All the things from childhood started coming back to play. And I called my therapist. I called my best friends. I called my wife. We're all talking in one moment. One day it hit me and I thought back to that moment in the kitchen with my son. And I sat in my office now in the October of 2017 and I went, wait a minute, maybe I can help other people discover who they are. No idea how to do this. I want my, I want your listeners to understand like there was no plan here other than wait a minute. Zach just discovered his one word. He's going to Cornell. He really feels confident. I, by the way, am a catalyst. So I remember at this moment that a recruiter once told me that. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm a disruptor. I did this for all the brands I worked on. Maybe I can do this for other people. And the first person I went to was my wife and I was begging her to say no, because once again, once again, I don't believe in myself. So she's gonna look at me like, are you kidding me? This is a crazy, ridiculous, get back to work or go get a corporate job. And she was like- I think you're onto something. Yep. And I called another friend and then I called my financial planner. True story. I said, he's going to tell me no. He's going to say, you need to go back to work in six more months. And if you can't make a business. And he was like, no, I think it's actually a good idea. You guys, do, you guys <laughs> look pretty modestly. And I remember my <laughs> wife saying, make it happen. And from that moment, I decided that one of the things I wanted to be as a kid was I wanted to be a talk show host. And I, I've always wanted to be a motivational speaker. And it's funny how things start to come back and the mm-hmm. puzzle comes together. I said, wait a minute. If I go to motivational speaking school and I can figure out this one word idea and come up with a name and come up with it. And literally the next day, October, 2017, I signed up for a motivational speaking school. I called a branding agency because I needed help. I'm a brand guy. I can't do my own brand. I was on a plane to LA. I was you know, writing my talk and I was out hustling, trying to get free speaking gigs. And my first gig, Next Gen, shout out to Justin Lafazan and Dylan Gambardella, they took a chance on me. And when I went the following summer, summer of 18, I went to their summit, their entrepreneurship summit called Next Gen. And I thought I was gonna be home by Sunday and back in the corporate world by Monday because who is gonna think this one, this one word idea has any merit? And people came up to me after I was done and they were like, can you help me discover my one more? And I was, like, <laughs> I was like, no, I don't know how to do it because it was all in my head. Yeah. And I remember coming home from the summit and I called my team and I'll never forget it. They said, uh, we told you so. And I said, what do I do now? And you know what they said, which was the best advice. They said, you, you better spend the next six weeks getting what's in your head down on paper and you need to create a program and you need to get out there and help people discover who they are Because you know that if they know who they are and you let that, they let that drive what they do, you're doing it, Rich. Show others how to do it. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Roger that.
0: (laughs) Message received.
1: And little by little, I started putting it on paper and I created a program. And it's not that, I want your listeners to understand, it wasn't that I was, I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how to get it. This is what entrepreneurship is about. I didn't know how to get it into a program that you would understand and purchase from me and see that I can help you win. And it was all of that fear, but I just took the time. I said, I'm gonna give myself six weeks. I reached out to people that were in my program. I did a beta and you know what? It came to me. And from that point, I then started working. I started realizing I can help entrepreneurs like you, not only discover yourself, but put it into your business because you are the brand and people buy humans. And that was an insight for me that made me realize, well, if an agency helps brands discover who they are, maybe I can be the person that helps people discover who they are and then build it into their brand. And that's when you walked into my life. And that's when I wanted to help you. And as we'll talk about, that came to be. So what I basically do, just to be some. in summary, I believe that what you do is not who you are, but who you are drives what you do. And I believe if you discover this magical core value and give it away, that is when you win the game, because that's what people are buying from you. They're buying your magical core value. And in my case, I'm a catalyst. And in your case, you're a transformer, which we'll talk about. And that's me.
0: Drop the mic. That's amazing. (laughs) I never knew that you didn't have the one word idea until after you left your job.
1: Oh yeah. No, no, no. I, I, I didn't know I was going to do this until I had that moment thinking about Zach, because even though somebody had told me I was a catalyst, I, I, it didn't register Mm -hmm. to me that, wait a minute, they just did the same thing to me that I do for brands. And here's what's interesting, and this is what I think is so important, even you know, for your listeners as well, and people that want to start an idea. If you think about it, Lex, I basically pivoted from branding brands to branding people, but I didn't know that when I quit mm-hmm. my career. I, but, but I surrendered. When I had the idea, I, let, I did really let the universe help me. Like I found the school I found the company that was going to help me i reached out i asked for help i hate asking for help i'm not good at it i started getting better at it and and i just let i i went out and just got on stage and i started listening to what people were playing back on the one word oh people were playing back core value got it oh they discover who they are they feel confident seen heard great and i just started because that's what you have to do today as an entrepreneur you got to go build it while you're out there because if you wait for it to be perfect you're going to lose it's like a car the minute the car leaves the showroom it's depreciated and so it all came back and my therapist helped me really put my story together but i didn't know that because i i was in another like world of raising kids and corporate and you know just doing all that until i stopped and said what about me like how do i discover myself And then help others do that so yeah it was it was an organic process that i had to put the pieces together on and i did it because i people told me this idea could work and i didn't think it could and maybe i didn't believe in myself but i do now
0: (laughs) that's incredible now when you hit that tipping point when you were in your full-time job because you were you were very successful in that job. You were working with these big name brands. You were doing very well for yourself, like living a very comfortable life. So when you hit that tipping point, what was the what was the driver behind you wanting to leave that comfortable situation you were in to go into the unknown and build your own business?
1: Such a great question. I was so unhappy in the culture that I was working in. And I just... I couldn't be myself like I'm able to say this now probably with more clarity than being in the moment, but I a couple of things I've always said and my wife Sharon will vouch for this I I never wanted to be remembered for building a great identity around Planters peanuts and Oreo cookies. Like, you know, part of being a cancer survivor, I always thought about my legacy, always from Mm. 27 years old, 26 years old, I always thought about my legacy. And so I used to always say like, I want more, I want more, I want more. And it it wasn't until that moment in the room when I, I guess when I got this performance report and I thought it was the wrong report. And I remember saying to the CEO, I think I had the wrong report. And he's like, no, that's yours. I think it was that moment where I realized oh wait a minute I am better than this mm. and and if I I, I it's funny because I had been thinking about leaving corporate America like it had been, we had been talking about it but I never had the gumption and I thought at that moment if I accept this and quit a month later this isn't going to look good because I'm walking out then and, and and I have to strike at that moment and stand up for myself and own who I am and do it tactfully it was one of the most gracious discussions I've ever had with anyone. And I think it was just that moment where I was like, I'm not going to accept this. I am not going to bow down and, and, and just move into the next phase of my life, which by the way, I'm, I'm 50 at that point. No disrespect. It's when I say it's downhill, like I'm getting older and, and if you want to make your legacy work and you it's not aligned with what you're doing, well, then you have to drive your own car. And I realized yes. it was that moment. But But I'm also a catalyst. I didn't know it then, but that's what I do. I disrupted, I blew up that entire meeting. And then I walked away and I was great. And the company was left replacing me. You know, I left on good terms. But if you really think about it, that is in line with who i am yeah. but i didn't know it then yeah if i had waited and done it nicely it that's not who i am and so in hindsight what i know today is i trust my god now mm-hmm. oh and you've helped me i mean we have had some hard discussions I am getting more confident about what I am and what I'm doing. And I'm standing up for my value now because I know that I can impact lives and I'm here to change lives. And that is what this journey for me has been like since I left in 2017.
0: That's incredible. And I can't help but think of how many similarities there are between both of our stories, because I remember too, like one of my tipping points was I remember sitting at my desk in my full-time job and, um, we had just done this marketing promotion and everything. So me and like my coworker were already tired. And one of my bosses came into the room and we're just talking to us about the promotion and all this stuff. And somehow, um, I think we were talking about someone who had recently left the company or a position they were filling or something. And my boss had said, yeah, but you guys are both irreplaceable. And I stopped and I said, what? (laughs) Wow. And I, that, that was a moment for me that was like, if I'm irreplaceable in this, then maybe I shouldn't be here. And if I'm, if I'm not happy doing this and you don't respect all the time and the effort and the expertise that I bring to this, then why, why am I here? Like, why am I here? And that, that was one of the tipping points for me too, that I was like, you don't even know. Like that's, I can't, I still, to this day, can't believe that
1: Wow. But it
0: also woke me up to be like, well, then I need to be doing what I'm here to do, because I don't want to be just irreplaceable to a company, you know,
1: you know, it's also interesting. Um, I lived my whole life because I grew up in such a challenging home. I grew mm-hmm. up with a success is the best revenge attitude, meaning mm-hmm. I tied my identity to my title and the school I went yeah. to Not in a boastful way, but it was like, I'll show you. MBA. I'll show you, you know, brand guy. And, Mm -hmm. and what was like really amazing to me was when I left my career, when I quit and I started telling people, I can't tell you how many people looked at me. Like first thing they said was, and this is true. Your wife let you do that. (laughs) I'm thinking to myself, excuse me, what did you just say? Your wife, my husband would never be able to do that. That was one. Another one was like, wow, you think you're going to start over? Really? Like, why would you want to do that? And I remember saying to myself, and this is something that's a real learning for me. I remember saying to myself, I can either, you know, give into that and have a debate about it, or I can just say, you know what? Watch me. Watch me. Yep. And and I remember having this conversation with Sharon, my wife. If my wife had told me that this was, you cannot do this, I'm honest today on this podcast, I don't know if I'd be married and I'm, I'm happily married because there is, and I would do the same thing for her. I'm gonna stay unhappy for the next last phase of my life because of somebody telling me I can't do something. Now, I did not, there was no issue with my kids. They were off to college. My daughter was in high school. Like I didn't make this decision to make anybody suffer, but that was the whole point. I did it because I was ready, even though I didn't realize I was. But what's interesting is when I surrendered and I let everybody just play in that noise and I said, I'll show you now, let's fast forward almost three years later, massive pandemic, which we're unfortunately still in. And I've got people calling me now, Rich, what did you do? Um, can you maybe give me some tips? And I always joke. I'm like, I'm sorry, the Verizon guy can't hear you now. Like, can you, you know, you know, because yeah. here's the thing. And this is the, this is the message I want to give. And I use the wedding analogy. I always use this analogy. And I may have said it to you Lex a couple of times. Like when the cake falls on the floor, the day of the wedding, you can do two things. You can either stomp and dance in it. And your guests are just going to rub the cream and it's going to be the best thing they will remember. <laughs> or you can yell at the baker and the caterer and the whole, everybody in the the wedding is going to be now just stiff and they're going to be like on edge. And you know what? I just decided I'm going to dance in what they're saying. Yep, you're absolutely right. My wife said it was okay to go and you watch me. And because I started to realize nobody cares about what you do if you're celebrating who you are.
0: Mm, That's so good.
1: When you don't celebrate who you are and you complain about what you do, Like if I had quit my career and I was complaining about I'm home now and I don't have a job, then people have the right to say, well, you made that decision. But when I started celebrating and I was like, I made no money in year one, no money in year two, zero, zero. I was happy, never been Mm -hmm. happier. And people wanted to know, well, how did you now? How did you do that? Why are you so happy? Because I know who I am. And I'm letting that drive what I do. And branding is a long-term game. And I could have started at 50 or 60. I chose 50 because I'm, I'm in this for the long term. And that's what branding is about. So in full circle mode, I, 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 did, I surrendered. And I'm now thinking back to what has all come together. And the pieces fit if you give yourself a chance. Listeners, it fits if you just surrender and keep moving and put the pieces together as they come.
0: Oh my goodness. That's so good. And I have, I have two things I want to say. Number one is I want to share one of the other similarities between our stories. And when you said October, 2017, how you started doing all of these things, October, 2017 was when I left my job to start my own business. Wow. And one of the interesting things that I wanted to share with listeners is that first of all, I'm so happy that when you said that you were going to do that, you had so many people who were saying, "Good for you, way to go, way to take the sleep, Yada yada yada. On the flip side, it was the opposite experience for me. To be honest with you, people are yeah. people are saying, "Why are you doing this? This is stupid. Like this is a dumb move." Yeah. Um. I had one of my other bosses tell me that I was being ambitious and I was being too ambitious and all this stuff. And it was like, so then in my mind, I was. I was doubting myself. I was like, I don't know, are all of them right? Am I, am I making yeah, it? But just so you
1: know, like the people that supported me that were like, you know, high-fiving me when I left my career, the the ones that they, they didn't really know me as well as the people like friends of mine that said, your, your wife let you do this, you know? So I had a little bit of both, but I did have more of the, woo, you know, you're great, inspiring, but I hear you and keep going. Cause I, 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 I understand where you're going.
0: And I, w- so what I was going to say is like that, that piece that you just touched upon of knowing who you are and celebrating in that and dancing in that is huge because when I made that leap and it, and it's like, what it's going to be four years this year, this fall, um, I'm finally just starting to be comfortable in who I am and be confident in that and dance in that and celebrate who I am all of those other years. Like if I, if I was more confident in who I am. And who I was back then, it, I think the transition would have been easier, but it's because I wasn't. And I was like looking at everyone else being like, oh, is this a good decision? Is this not a good decision that made it, I, that made my journey more complicated than it needed to be, to be honest with you. Um, so I love that because I think when you are confident in who you are and you dance and celebrate who you are, like, it makes it so much easier because I've learned like it's, it's in my blood and it's just, in who I am to be an entrepreneur and business and all of this stuff. And I wasn't comfortable with that when I first started my own business, you know, and the more that I continue to get more comfortable with that and celebrate that and dance in that just the more fun this whole journey becomes. And the more that you just stand in your own power and say, you know, what, like, this is what I want to do. And, and these are my skills. And this is the impact that I want to make. And you can really own that versus looking for other people's approval of the decisions that you're making.
1: You know, it's interesting. My therapist t- 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 you know, told me a lot. And I finally understand that like when people are saying that to you like you're doing what or like really like Lex you may need to wait another five years like and secretly what they're saying is holy crap how is she able to do this this is crazy Mm -hmm. because that really you know it's like their fear and they're like well you know I'm just gonna let her know that it's ridiculous but like deep down they're like go girl and then when it does happen that's when I was getting the calls like what did you do you know how did that work and I and I I just I had to realize and I've done this I'm guilty of it I let other people I I care what other people say about me I care less today but I still do but I really care to the point where I was like the people pleasing king yeah. because I didn't because remember I grew up with no values so if you don't like me and now now you don't want to be my friend I'm losing another person like I was connecting and I was longing for that yeah. but when I took hold and realized. I actually can help you win because that's what branding is about. I can be a guide and really help. That's when it turned around for me. And it, to this day, it still does. And it's a, it's a it's a muscle I have to keep working with. Like not everybody is gonna be happy with things I do. I know that and I've had some moments.
0: <laughs> I continue to learn that myself.
1: But I stay focused on if I get off the stage and some one person comes up to me and says, I'm living your life right now or you really help me change my game I win the game. And that is what I want to be remembered for when I go. I want to be remembered for impacting your life, Lex. Not that I didn't love my career, but I want to be remembered for people impact. And the last thing I want to say, because I want to also make sure your listeners understand this as well, I gave up a lot. To be able to walk away from a career. Like, I don't want people to think, like, you know, oh, he was so easy. He's 50, he's finished with his career. No, Uh, my wife and I, we moved, we downsized, we gave up a lot. We moved our cars down a couple of levels. We didn't travel as much. College came around the corner, even though we saved, you know, a good amount for college. We sacrificed and to this day still do. I live a great life. I am not in any way unhappy, but. I, I don't want people to think I lived the same life right. and walked away right we made some very smart decisions that we knew we had to do and you just have to be intentional about those and you have to be ready to give up stuff if you want to build an entrepreneurship game
0: oh 100 100 100 percent i I couldn't agree more like i I lived that same thing not to your extent obviously because you had years <laughs> on me sure but i i had to give up like one of the things i had to give up was i stayed living with my parents when all my friends were getting their city apartments and um you know getting apartments by themselves and all this stuff like i gave up that opera not opportunity but like i gave up that experience and i gave up you know the the nice apartments and i gave up the living in the city and all of that type of stuff to stay with my parents and live That's with right. my parents and build this business and, um, And all the things that came with it too. So I think that I, I really value that transparency and that authenticity that you share, because I think that's a part of the journey that a lot of people don't touch upon the changes that they need to make and the things that they needed to sacrifice and the downgrades that they made in order to foster and create this lifestyle that you want. But one of the things that I still remember having one of these experiences one day where I was in the very beginning of building my business, I was broke. I had yeah. no money and all this stuff, but I was going to bed so fulfilled. And I was like, this is the weirdest thing ever. Cause I you, know people would be like, you're broke. Like, <laughs> like, how are you still happy? And I was just so happy and so fulfilled. And I was like, I know I'm going to figure it out. I know I'm going to build this business. And that the first time that ever happened to me, I was just in awe that I was like, Wow, like this is what life is really, really about.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'll give you just, you know, two small examples. They they may sound trivial, but they make a, they make a difference. I gave up my Starbucks every morning. I mean, on the way to the train, I went every morning. I got my solo venti nonfat with whipped white mocha, my favorite drink. I gave it up. And <laughs> yeah. I went and bought I went and bought coffee for my drip coffee maker, which may sound so petty, but you know, when you behaviorally want that latte, I gave it up. Second thing, I gave up my gym membership. I was like, you know what? We have we had a bike at home, and I'm just gonna, I mean, it doesn't make sense for me. Like, I knew what I had to do. We gave up our ski trip every year. Fine, the kids were getting ready for college anyway. They couldn't go, but but it's you can't get even in life, you can't get to the next destination if you don't give something up along the it's way. True. You it's can't true. save for college and go on the trip if you only have a certain amount of money. And and what's more that's just such an important thing because. I do get I do get to some degree a little hurt when people will say to me, "Oh, well, you were able to do that because your wife works. And I'm like, that that's so, that's so ridiculous. That's like saying that I have to get permission to live my life. I didn't need anybody's permission, and just because she works, I'm working 20 hours a day in my office right now trying to build a business. I did it because I wanted to live a more happier, impactful life. And and I happen to be lucky that I have an amazing support system because to be clear, if they weren't on board, it would be harder, no question. But you don't know what someone's gonna react to until you show them or tell them or give them a sense of what you want. And I was able to give up a lot and we still do, but I'm happy, I've never been happier ever because I'm I'm helping people win. And you know this because we've talked about it a lot. If you engage first and sell second, I promise everyone listening, you will sell in the end a whole lot more. I've seen every iconic brand do this right. Sell second, engage them first. And that's my mantra. And that's what you've done so well as well. And you know that because when people come and call you back or you spend time with them and then they lock in, because you built that relationship with them and they care about you and they know that you care about them.
0: Oh, I love it. I love it. And I think the other important thing to note too, is like you didn't have to leave your career and you chose to do that. It's not like you were fired or forced out of the situation. Like you didn't have to leave that comfort zone, but you chose to, and you knew that you wanted more. And I think that's a really important part of that story as well, is that you chose that. And you also, um, you also like lived the consequences of making that decision, you know? And I think that's really, really awesome. I also
1: lived the looks on some people's faces. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. you, did you re- Did you really think this through? And the answer was I quit on the spot. But when I looked back, I, I had been preparing for this. I didn't know that. This is what therapy taught me. I had been preparing yeah. for this because I had been talking about wanting to make yeah. an impact in a different way. I just didn't know how to do it. And let me tell you another thing that your listeners need to know. If you ask people for permission to do it, I can tell you right now, 10 out of 10 people would have told me don't do it.
0: Yes, There's no I
1: question totally in Totally agree, yeah. Okay, and I knew at that moment in that room, it was just, it was a beautiful, magical moment when I closed the door and I did what I needed to do because if I called and asked, even if I asked my wife that day, she'd be like, please let's talk about it before you, and I, I just wasn't going to do it because you got to drive your own car. If you want to win in this world, it's that simple.
0: And I wish I knew that sooner. I, because I was one, I mean, I yeah. was so young when I did it. I, I was so young when I quit my job that I, I was looking for permission from other people versus just trusting my intuition trusting myself and, and knowing that I'm driving my own car in life. And that, that right there is one piece of advice that I wish I knew sooner in my journey.
1: Yeah. And you know, the other thing I'll say too, because I'm sure a lot of listeners are like, you know, how do you really do this? You'll know when to do it. Mm -hmm. You'll know. You knew Lex in your story. Yep. You'll know when to do it. And And I just knew at that moment, if I didn't do it, it would have been a different game. So follow, really follow that intuition and that gut because that gut knows you more than you know yourself.
0: Yep. And I talk about that all the time, how for me, it just... Felt like the right next step. It just felt like this was the next thing that I needed to do. And on the outside, looking in, people who aren't at that step yet or might not ever be at that step, so they don't understand that step, are like, oh my gosh, like that's crazy. Like, how are you going to do X, Y, and Z? Blah, 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 blah but that's because that's not their next step. Like they're on their own path. They're on their own journey and they have their own next step. And you just have to trust that. Like when that next step comes, it's just the right next thing to do. And you do it. It's like every time I do something big in my life, I always think that when that time comes, it's going to be like this big moment and everything. Right. But then when it actually comes, it's like not a big deal because it was just the next step. Like it was just the next thing that you did. You know what I mean?
1: It's called evolution. Absolutely.
0: I love that. Um, The second thing that I wanted to say to you too, is I think it's so important what you say about um, who you are is not what you do, but what you do, wait, I said it wrong. What you do is not who who you are,
1: but who you are should drive what you do.
0: And I think that's so important because like anytime, anytime I can think back of all the networking events I've gone to, all the things I've done in college and whatever, when people introduce themselves to you, the first thing they say is, what do you do? And then you talk about the job that you have or the titles that you have or whatever. And I remember like when we first started working together and you helped me and you brought me through your whole program, which, um, you guys can find that other episode on my podcast and Rich podcast, Rich's podcast as well. That talks about that whole process. Um, I remember how back then I would, I didn't have a brand for myself because what I Mm -hmm. would identify myself with is what I did. And, and that was my brand. So that for me was like a huge mindset shift. Um, when you helped me see that, like what I do should, who I am should drive what I do and not vice versa.
1: Yeah. I remember when you, you know, when, listen, when somebody says, tell me about yourself, which is the hardest question in the world. I mean, it's the most gag worthy question out there, but what they're really saying to you is tell me how you add value. Okay. Cause nobody really cares about your story until you show them what's in it for them. And I learned this in motivational speaking school because when you just share your story, it's a bio. I can get your bio anywhere. But when you tell me how you add value and then you tell me the story that allows me to understand that value, now we're in the game. And and in the interview, you want to tell them, when when somebody says, Lexi, tell me about yourself, you wanna start with, let me tell you who I am at my core, at least my philosophy. Okay? I'm a catalyst and I help people discover who they are. Let me tell you what I do in order to make that happen. I promise you that out of the 29th interview that day, you will be the one that stands out because everybody else is saying, hi, I'm Lexi. I'm in a sorority. Hi, I'm Lexi. I have a 3.0. Hi, I'm Lexi. I intern. It's the same thing. But when you stop and say, at my core, I'm a transformer and I transform people's lives, let me know more. And that's what I learned.
0: And you know what that does too, is it just listen to how much more confident you sound than any other candidate that's out there because you're saying that, you know, who you are to your core exactly right. and that just is so much more powerful when you can step into a room and say that, you know, who you are and own that and say, I use my power by doing X, Y, and Z versus just saying who you are is the job title you have or the things that you do or whatever it is.
1: Well, it's interesting you say that two things I want to say on that, which is when I always use the example, <clears throat> if you're a CEO of a company, and you get invited to the Super Bowl, and you're like, "Woo, excited, can't wait to go. Okay. <laughs> yep. year later, year later, you are fired. You are no longer the CEO, you are not getting tickets to that Super Bowl, you didn't get the tickets to the Super Bowl because of who you are. It's what you did. And that is the whole Essence of why we should not let what we do tie us up in our identity. It's who we are. Now, the second thing I want to say, because I really want to make sure your listeners understand this, I'm asking everybody to think like a brand. We own a phone, we are brands. Why? Because the minute I Google you, what comes up is your brand. As Jeff Bezos says all the time, your brand is what other people say about you when you're not in the room. So I want everybody, when you think like a brand, to think this way. We all sell one thing, our magic. You can only be known for one thing. You could you only we don't have the brain power to remember seven things about Lexi Godlewski. So if Lexi tells me that she's a transformer and she tells and then she shows me how she transforms through her story, through her clients, helping them. Now I start to form a identity about you. That's what you want people to do. It doesn't mean that you, Lexi, as a transformer, you're not amazing and collaborative and passionate and smart. Of course you are. So is everyone else. But the one thing that you bring to what I call Survivor Island, because I wear a Survivor buff, (laughs) if I put you on Survivor Island, you're transforming that game. If you put me on Survivor Island as a catalyst, I'm disrupting the game, meaning We're not looking for that immunity idol in the dirt. We're going to be climbing trees. Like you think differently. So I want your listeners to understand what I'm trying to get you to uh, to uncover is your magical core value that if I hire you, this is the one thing that's going to make you shine. It's that simple. And what came out of your work with me clear was that you transform people's lives. And then we built your brand around, well, what do you want to transform? Well, you want to transform people into solopreneurs. beautiful, well, why are you able to turn me into a solopreneur? Because you're a transformer. And when you tell people about your story, they're like, wow, she became her own solopreneur. help me transform, that's branding. And that's what I want people to understand because sometimes people will say to me, Lex, I don't want to be known for one thing or like that's limiting. I'm not trying to limit you. I'm actually trying to expand your world because as a transformer, Lexi, you could do anything. You can coach, consult, teach, write a book podcast. You can, you can go buy a business tomorrow. That's a, you could be a hairstylist and transform people's hair. Anything you do can be brought under the transformer game, but you're not known as a hairstylist. That's what you do to drive who you are. That's the, the insight. I want who you are to drive what you do. So if you tell me what you're doing, show me that that's about transforming. And that's when you understand that the product drives the core value.
0: And you know what's crazy about this is that it's not it, this isn't even just an idea because for the listeners to understand, Rich dropped this mic on me probably a few weeks ago. And I was like, wait, 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 what? like we need to talk about this so uh rich and i were having a conversation a meeting he goes yeah i built 200 million dollar branding campaigns off of just one word and i said what (laughs) like that's the power of just knowing your one word and i would love to hear more of the story behind that because i haven't for
1: yeah
0: yeah no this is great that's like incredible to me well
1: you reminded me like like how powerful that was so um, so when I went to Godiva, I went to Godiva to start their, what they call their self-treat business. So it's, it's a boutique, it's a gifting brand, predominantly around gifting. Most of the sales come in the form of gifting and they wanted to create their um, self-treat business so they can make Godiva more every day, which by the way, sounds also like very crazy. And there was a lot of challenges that I faced because, you know, we're turning a luxury brand into an everyday brand but that's for another time. But here's the most amazing thing. And I, wanted, I want to share the one word idea with your listeners. I want them to get a sense of like how it works on a brand. So when, when, when you ask Godiva what business they're in, Godiva is not in the chocolate business. You are not in the business of your product. Okay, You are not in the business of coaching, consulting, podcasts, and so on. What Godiva learned after we went and spoke to people, we did, you know, one thing you should do is talk to your customers, find out what makes them make what they think makes you unique. And one of the things we learned about Godiva was we thought that we needed to talk to the recipient. We thought in a gifting transaction that the recipient was more important than the giver, but we got it wrong. In a transaction for gifting, the giver is way more important. Why? Because the giver knows you. So if you come in my boutique, I don't need to know about you, Lexi. I need the giver knows about you. So if I work with the giver and we know you love caramels and we put together the best box of caramels for you, you open the box, you're you're in love and happy and the giver wins, you win, we all win. But if you open that box and it's not what you wanted, you're upset, your giver is devastated. They got it wrong. So when we, went, when we went out and we asked people, why do you buy Godiva? What we learned is, one word, they're in the generosity business. Godiva is about giving your generosity to someone, okay? So you give generosity in the form of Valentine's Day, birthdays, congratulations, thank you, graduations. You don't have to open your mouth when you hand Godiva to, a, to the recipient. The recipient knows you went out of your way. You spent money, and I must have done something to deserve this. That's <laughs> generosity, okay? Yep. And we we would say to them, why do you feel that way? And they would say, Lady Godiva. And we said, tell us more. And they would tell us about the legend of Lady Godiva as if she was real. She's not real. She's a legend, but she's a person in their mind and people by humans. So why am I saying this? When I got to Godiva and we had done all this work, and you know, we, we didn't have this generosity work on day one, but I'm going to give you the final answer, and you know, sort of, you know, you'll get to put the story together yourself. But when I was thinking about what we're going to do for self treating, one of the things I realized was, well, if we're generous to others, why can't we be generous to ourselves? We always leave ourselves out; we're the last ones. And one of the things we realized was, and I realized this. If we and and I if people know Lint and Ghirardelli, they're wrapped chocolates. And I remember asking in the company, Well, why don't we do a wrap chocolate? And the answer was, Oh, that's very everyday. That's really mass. And I'm like, Well, isn't that what we're supposed to be doing? We're creating an everyday chocolate. And what I realized was these little chocolates that we created, we called them gems. That's what the first launch started. We they subsequently changed the name after I left. But The reason we called them gems was because they were little treasures to make yourself be generous to yourself
0: that's cool and
1: right and it was funny because this is an important piece the company didn't want to call it godiva in the beginning they wanted to give it another name like just gems or gems by godiva and that's a that's a lot of brands do that because they they want to they don't want to bring their full brand into like a supermarket but we went and spoke to consumers. You know what they said? So gems by Godiva, they said, well, is it Godiva chocolate? Well, like it's fully Godiva. (laughs) They're like, well, then why don't you just call it Godiva Gems? (laughs) So simple. Right. And, and, and the reason, the reason was because the company we were caught up in our own conversations. Well, we can't do that. Then all of a sudden they're not going to buy gift boxes anymore. And the consumer said, well, if this is Godiva, you better tell me. Cause if you say buy Godiva, I'm not believing you. Boom. And we went with Godiva Gems. And you know what? The business took off. Why? Because they just wanted a self-treat instead of running to the mall. Nobody runs to the mall to buy a truffle, nobody. I don't know anybody that runs to the mall to go buy a piece of chocolate. But when you're in a supermarket, you may pick up Godiva. And it was called Gems because it was little gems to to be generous to yourself and make your day great. And the reason I say that is because when you know your core value or the business you're in, now you get to take every product idea and match it against the litmus test of, are we being generous? Yeah, we're being generous to ourselves. And then we're being generous to others. That is very different than saying, we don't want to launch that product, or we need to do it this way, or that's not going to work because you're then being subjective and doing putting your own game in when you should be thinking about the customer and the consumer. And so that's an example where if you know the business you're in, like I'm a disruptor, you can always evaluate any program or thing that you do against that business you're in. And if it's not in line, then don't do it, then don't do it. And that's, that is one example of creating a really amazing, I thought business idea because we knew the business we were in and we knew that instead of being generous to others, we were being generous to ourselves, which is the ultimate that you should be. We should be taking care of ourselves. We deserve that.
0: That is so good. That is so good. I have no other words to say, but how good that is. Like, it's genius to me.
1: And that's really what I try to do with people today. And you're a good example. You know, once you know that you're in the transformation business, you can transform anything. You can put anything you do under that, you know, Umbrella of transformation, as long as let me give you an example when it doesn't work. So, like Oreo's in the connecting business. Okay, so Oreos, mm-hmm. one word is connection, and they're in the mm-hmm. connection business. You'll never see an Oreo commercial with one person in it mm-hmm. because that's not connecting. And and this is an important insight that's really powerful. You have to be really intentional when you know your value, your core value. And that's a good example. Like you can have the cutest kid dunking an Oreo and it could be so adorable, but it's not in line with connection. You need more than one person, okay? So when that's why when you see a commercial with the Williams sisters or the Manning brothers for Oreo, cause they're connecting, they're, they're siblings. That is what you have to be really focused about because that's when you start signaling to the consumer that they you get the business and they get you, they understand don't be, don't try to be creative because you think that's a cute thing to do. If it's not in line with your core value, do not do it. If you create something that isn't transformational for someone, don't put it out there because it's going to be a disconnect. And then they start to wonder what you're really about.
0: And I think the game changer really is when you start seeing yourself as the brand, because even like when we first met and we started working together, my whole background is in marketing. And yet marketing and branding are so different. I knew nothing about branding. I didn't. Even though my whole background, my whole experience is in marketing, like marketing and branding are almost like siblings of the same family where (laughs) they're related, but they're totally different. You know what I mean? And so, um, in your own words, like how would, what does branding mean to you?
1: Yeah. Such a great question. And you beat me up. You, you beat me up about this on my business because I can't see it. This is probably the one question I get asked the most. <clears throat> and, and and actually, one of the questions that you asked me to go out and get a lot of learning about, which I really appreciate and want to say thank you about. So I want to tell you what a brand is not. I'm going to start with that because that's the easiest one. Perfect. People will come to me and they'll say, I want to show you my brand. And they'll show me, which is not your brand. They'll show me their name, their logo, their tagline, their package design, and their product. And they're like, don't I have a great brand? And my answer is I try to you know, ease them in a brand is just an emotional identity that differentiates you. It differentiates product services and people. What I tell people is the name, logo, tagline, package design product, that's window dressing the brand and 100% you need to do that. So if you're, and, and Lexi, you're a good example, like the font you use is beautiful on your site. Cause it's if the font feels transformative, Okay? So when you dress this brand being a transformer, and, and then obviously your whole program is about entrepreneurship. now you start to see, well, what colors represent transformation? Does it feel alive? Does it, and we even changed even your podcast name. We started mm-hmm. talking about how do you evolve the name of the podcast so that you start to seed with people when you window dress, window dress the brand after you discover the identity, which is the core value. And it's such a great question because when you asked me to go out and talk to my clients, you being one of them, people don't know what branding is. And I was like, Lexi, of course they do. I mean, come on. (laughs) Everyone knows. Right. Because I'm so close to it. And when I realized that people, and and, and the example I give in this understanding of identity, I I always, you know, this, I always try to work in examples because I think people will get it when they interact. So I always say to people, if you're gonna take a Godiva to a restaurant on Monday and M&Ms to a restaurant on Tuesday, would you take them to the same restaurant? And most people will say, "Hell no." And I'm like, "That's branding." You create because the identity of Godiva is way different than the identity of M&Ms. So di- Godiva is luxury, generosity. It is a richness, and M&Ms is fun and everyday. By the way. Those products are amazing. I never once talked about the product. It's not about the product. They're both incredible. It's about the identity and the value they give to you. And Godiva gives away generosity in a luxury way. And M&M's gives away fun in an everyday way. That's when you know that your brand is about the identity that you create and you dress the identity based on the core value.
0: Spot on. And you know, I just got this insight when you were saying that because I'm almost curious about, I feel like so many entrepreneurs are in love with their product or in love with their service, yeah. but we also know how many entrepreneurs don't make it past year one, right? And how many entrepreneurs don't, don't make it long-term. And I almost wonder if more people knew what their core value was right from the start. And, um, And focused on that versus focusing on just how great their product is, if they would actually make it longer in entrepreneurship, because they could say, all right, but I'm like, let's just take transformer as an example. If I'm a transformer, maybe this product didn't work, but I can use transformation in another way. Like, here's how I want to transform people instead, or here's how I want to do it. I almost wonder if more people led with that core value and knowing who they are, if they would actually, um, like, not get so hard on themselves or not give up so quickly if their product or their service doesn't work out because they know who they're true who they truly are at the end of the day
1: okay i'm gonna drop the fattest mic right now (laughs) because (laughs) the answer to that is one million percent yes and let me tell you why i mean it that is the essence of what i'm trying to do and a good example would be me if i just went out and said lex I can get you your one word, it's easy. You'll be branded in a word, you tell them in the elevator, we'll call it a day. It would never work if I didn't, number one, tell you my core value, I disrupt Mm -hmm. the way you think. Number two, if I didn't bring in my history of the brands I worked on and you understood Mm -hmm. that Godiva was generosity, you understood that Apple was simplicity, Spanx is confidence. So when I'm bringing the story and my core value of why I'm able to disrupt And I show you the success of brands I worked on or other people I've worked with you start to say well maybe there is something here because I'm not leading with my product Mm -hmm. I'm leading with the essence of who I am now I've chosen branding and I have an idea but that's why it's funny that you just say this because it's such a beautiful question nobody buys off my website and I wouldn't expect them to because I have to spend time on stage this is why I give out a free link after my talks because people want to then talk more. Beautiful. Once I start talking to you, you have to understand the essence of me and why is a catalyst I'm changing the game and I'm disrupting. And I want to tell you what branding is about. It's that idea that keeps, I mean, I'm, I'm in year three and I'm starting to see some traction. It t- took three years and I'm right. I'm only in the beginning, Right. but it's because I'm not selling you my product. I'm selling you my core value. And I'm telling you that as a catalyst, as a disruptor, I've chosen branding and I've chosen to help you discover who you are. And when you leave my home, I always say metaphorically, every entrepreneur should answer the question, what are you leaving when you leave my home? Well, when they leave your home, they're gonna be a solopreneur, And when they leave my home, they're gonna get their one word. They're gonna get their core value. So it's the, it's the combination The product drives the core value, but market the core value because that is what the longevity of your idea is, not your agency or your company. Everybody has a company. Everybody has an agency, but not everybody has a core value that can get somebody a better life or a solution. And in my case, if you know who you are, that will drive what you do, not the other way around. So there has to be that story and relationship and engagement to your point. Soul first, sell second, lead with heart. The heart is the time it takes Mm -hmm. and you have to be in it for the long term because then it's just a product game. You might as well discount it then.
0: Yeah, I love that. Would you say the window dressing aspects of branding of like starting with the window dressing aspects of branding of the logo and the colors and the name and all that, and then also just leading with the product and service. Do you think those are kind of the top two of what most people get wrong when it comes to branding and they enter your world?
1: A hundred percent. I think when they enter my world, they don't know how to answer the question, what do you sell? And most people will tell me the product. And I say, which by the way, is not wrong. Like I, I, to be really clear, it's, it, products are sprints, brands are marathons. What business do you want to be in? Most people that don't know the real game will start with their product and logo and window dressing. And then they hit the wall, the wall, they hit investors are calling, why aren't we doing better? Or a competitor came in and then they they'll come to me or they'll be recommended. And what do you sell? And they're like, I sell a widget. And I'm like, no, that's not what you're selling. What do you mean? And then we have the conversation and you've helped me understand this. It's not easy. You know, No one, not everyone's going to say yes to me. I mean, it's a philosophy that I have, Mm -hmm. but when I'm done and, you know, as an example, thankful, beautiful that you helped me, you know, spread my word when I'm done, people are like, wow, I didn't really understand that. And that's what you're helping me really get out there. It's because if you start with your product, most people have a product and find the market. I want you to go the other way. I want you to find what you're good at, your magic. Then let's get your purpose right. Let's get your problem that you're solving. Do you even know what problem you're solving? And the reason knowing what problem you're solving is so important to this game. Let me give a quick example. When I started my career, we put out like 10 Oreos a year. Who wouldn't eat an Oreo? There's not a person that would deny eating an Oreo for the most part. But nine out of 10 of those products bombed. And when we went to groups, we found out, I don't need another cookie in my pantry. I'm perfectly fine with base Oreo. Unless that Oreo is going to make my kids smarter, I don't need it. And that's why if you don't know the problem you're solving, then you can't come up with the solution and you can't deliver the core value. So if you know the problem, then you promise, like, you know, the problem, marketing is slimy. Mm-hmm. We're going to turn you into a soul where you're going to mm-hmm. lead with soul first, sell second. And it's because I'm going to transform you into that. If you don't know those components, you can't really build a long-term marathon brand. But I believe it starts with your magic. Because if you know the core value and you bring the, and you bring the right promise or product, then you can win. If you do it the other way, I could still work with you, but it's harder because you hit the wall because you were product focused. You weren't core value focused.
0: I love that. I love it so much. So what can people do to start using that other approach of figuring out what the problem is, like what they're good at and getting to the core of their messaging and their branding?
1: Well, besides working with me, which, you know, (laughs) That's always.
0: Is an option on the table. (laughs) Of course.
1: Um, I just think that, you know, if you really want to, I mean, if somebody doesn't, let's say that somebody just wants to, you know, do something and, you know, they don't want to work with me, which I'm totally fine with. I think the best thing you can do is answer the question, what do I sell? And the easiest way to do that is go ask five people what makes you unique. Because in my program, that's one of the questions I ask. And Lexi, you know this because we mm-hmm. did your work, mm-hmm. read what those people say about you, because in there secretly is your magical core value. Okay. If, if, if you want to really get simple, go out and add, like, do, do your own focus group. What makes me unique? Now here's the thing. I believe you are the brand. So if you want to then launch a venture, I always say um, your story plus your core value, plus your venture is your winning brand, okay? And the reason this is important, and I always give this analogy, I want you to think of a parent and a child. When your child's born, that is a business venture. That is not a brand on day one. You are raising that kid, that business venture, to go off to college on its own. In order to send a business venture off on its own to be a brand, you got to feed it your core value. So if you know your core value and in your case, if you know you're a transformer, and that is what you, you in your sleep, that's what you do, because that's what the definition of really core value is. It's the magic I give away to improve the lives of others. And you have an idea, you need to ask yourself, how can I inject this transformer magic into, in your case, my program to make them a solopreneur? And now you've got a winning idea because money follows transformation. Okay. You can't say, I'm gonna promise you X if you don't know why you're promising them that. Mm. Okay. And so what I say to people is it's really not that hard. You know, that's the irony too. And I guess I'm I'm starting to really accept the fact that, like, keep it simple, Mm -hmm. one word, but ask yourself, go out and ask people. And then the other thing I'll say to people is think about like five or 10 accomplishments that you've had in your life. And find out, think about what was the commonality between all of them. And I can tell you that when I look at my accomplishments and I'm really proud of, it's when I disrupted the game. It's when I blew it up and walked away and it was a whole different thing. That, this is supposed to be easy. Like I'll get people that will, you know, it's so complicated or that sounds like, a no, it's supposed to be easy. If your word is happy, go with it your you worried, and, and you know, Lexi, sometimes people will call me and they'll think I'm going to give them their name, their word in an hour. I'm like, I would have my own reality show if that was the <laughs> case. Like people will be like, you
0: should have your own reality show anyway, to be honest. Oh, well,
1: uh, thank you. People, people will say, I thought you were going to tell me over the phone. No, 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 no. Branding takes work. Like you're a like
0: psychic. You, that's
1: <laughs> like, you have to do the work that yeah. I have. But, but the truth is when you work with me and you saw this, it's nine really easy basic questions, but the power is when I put them together for you. But you could on your own just think about your accomplishments. What's the commonality? Ask your friends. They're not, they're not gonna play back to Lexi. Listen, they're not gonna play back listeners. Lexi is a transformer, although sometimes they do. They're gonna say things like, boy, that, you know, that Lexi, she, you know, she knows how to take lemon and turn it into lemonade. That Lexi, you know, when she left her company and she started and had the courage and inspiration to go do what she's doing, that was really, you know, that was a game changer. That's what I'm looking for. And I'm like, oh, transformer, transformer. When you said you were a soul creator, I remember when it came out of your book, I was like, that's soul entrepreneurship. The, the day we landed on that word, it was, which is, you know, your, your, your promise. But I would just say, just think about what your magic, you know your magic if you really thought about it, you know, you know what makes you who you are. I just help you bring it up from the belly to the mouth and give it context.
0: Which is so funny because sometimes you're just too close to it to even see it yourself. You know, like when I did your workbook and everything, like I didn't see the, the, proof was in the pudding, but I didn't see that I was a transformer. But now sitting here on this conversation, like I was even just thinking back to a few of my accomplishments and I'm like, wow, each time I really did transform my life in some way through each of those accomplishments. So it's amazing how once (laughs) I remember sitting on that call with you when you like gave me my one word and it was just spot on. Like it described me to a T I never felt more like authentic to who I truly am than in that meeting. I was like, yeah, that's right. So now even just sitting and thinking about it, I'm like that it is, it's spot on. And it makes it so much more simpler because you and I have had conversations around this of my, from the outside, looking in my understanding of branding was that it was complicated and I needed the right colors and the right logo and the right fonts and all these things. And then knowing, oh, I'm a transformer. Like I transform people and that's my brand made it 10 times simpler than I thought it was at the beginning.
1: You know, you taught me one really incredible lesson. I I hear this from people all the time now, and I think of you. People will say to me, "You know, you saved me so much money in the long term." And you know, and you know me, I've I've had to come to like grips with that. You know, my value and what I'm worth, and you know, putting it on the table. But that's a powerful statement because you will spend a lot more money if you hit that wall with an agency versus starting and building that brand foundation from day one. Mm -hmm. Day one meaning you're at the point, like you were at a great point because you were like on the cusp of like, you know, really get making it work. And that's really important because you can't build a house without a good foundation. Uh, you, you, your house will crumble. And that's the metaphor. Like people build home, build, decorate home. They decorate the room before they build the foundation, which is fine. But at some point, that foundation is going to crack and it's going to start to leak. And that's when proc, proc, I'm sorry, price, somebody comes in cheaper, better, stronger, because you didn't get them at their heart. Branding is in the heart. It's emotional products are functional in the head. And that is really where I think you, this was a perfect kismet for us. Cause you came at the right time and it's really, really important. And the last thing I'm going to say is that, you know, it's funny. People will say, oh, you know, rich, I can't believe you helped, you know, you got me to this word. I'm like, you did the work. Like it comes out of that workbook. All I did was take the ingredients and put it into a nice cake but even when you went abroad, Lexi, and the whole story you talked about abroad, I'm thinking, yeah, she transformed herself. She's this small town girl living in a lonely world who took the midnight <laughs> train going abroad and, and found herself in the world open. I'm like, yeah, that was a transformation for you. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm looking for. That's the metaphors that as I read, I'm thinking about, you know, what is it that makes your magic magical? You were transforming to get, you know, from your small town to like the big world, just a simple thing like that. I saw how the world opened and you transformed the way you think.
0: So I have a question for you. Then the listeners probably have picked up on this already, but so I went through your, I went through your one word program. You're currently going through my Soultrepreneur program. And I want to know through all of the, um, all of the meetings that we've had so far and all the work we've done together so far, in what ways do you feel like you have transformed your life and your business?
1: Oh, fantabulous question, my love. <laughs> um, well, first of all, I've always led with my soul, number one, which I think, you know, which you that's can why
0: tell right from your story.
1: And that's why we connected immediately. And I wanted so much to help and be a part of your game and your circle. But I'll tell you a couple of things. You have really helped me understand two things. Besides, I mean, a million things, but two really stand out <laughs> for me. This is really important. You helped me really understand my dream customer. And if I want to really lead with soul and, I ha- and I'm engaging, who are the, you know, you? I'm a marketer, I do this every day, but I just couldn't like see it. And you helped me really hone in on who is that one person that I am talking to So that's number one. And that that that's soulful to me. It just like I I feel like I I can touch that person's soul now because you and I know exactly who that person is. I've been working with them. I wasn't conscious about it, and you made me conscious. Number two, you really helped me understand the 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 essence of which is going to sound crazy, but it's so true. You helped me understand the essence of the problem I'm solving in consumer terms. I'm a brand guy. I do this all the time. And (laughs) I, I was talking like I was a professor Mm -hmm. and you really helped me. When you asked me to reach out to those, to the people I work with, like what makes me unique? What was, why did you come to me? You helped me really. I didn't believe that branding, that nobody knew what branding was. I didn't really believe in until you helped me understand because why because you went through you lived in my world and I'm living Mm -hmm. in your world now and I just felt the if you want to lead with soul which I've I'm I'm a huge proponent of and you want to engage you got to really know who you are going after and while I thought I did you you brought me down a couple of notches in a beautiful way and that's what I'm thankful for because you I, I, it doesn't mean that if that one person. It doesn't mean that that's the only person I can Correct. go to. But yep. it means if you hand me a dollar, Lex, I know where that dollar is going now. And just the way that your sole part of your program and the questions you asked me and and what my 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 um, person is doing, you forced me to really uh, thinking about my the one customer that I had just done work with. It, it just painted a picture that is so clear for me now. And that's what leading with soul is because I'm, I care about the person I care about that person and I'm going to help them win, not the other way around. And I've always known that, but you gave me that, that, um, that, that language. And I will tell any listener right now, you are crazy if you do not spend time with you because I'm a marketer. So I knew enough, you helped me get over the hurdle, but for someone who has no idea, you want to lead with soul. And by the way, that is the only way to win. I will say that right now. The only way you win is when you lead with soul and it's my version of engage first. You win this game. Mic drop. Let's go. Lux.
0: <laughs> yeah, Mic drop. Thank you for your kind words. And I, it's been so cool. Again, like you said, um, you're a marketer, so you come from this world. And so it's been so cool to bring you through my program And to see you transform in so many different ways and transform your approach to how you're marketing your business and, and, um, just leading with your heart and leading with your soul first has been really cool to, to watch. And I'm just so thankful to be a part of your journey and to have you be a part of mine. Like it's, it's been so incredible. And like you've said, it's just, it was meant to be totally. So
1: one more thing I do want to say on that, because I think it's also important for your listeners in working with you I know, like right now, I need to, at some point, do a makeover on my site. Know that. There's no question. I started on day one three years ago, and I put a lot of money into it, and I knew on day one that I was going to move and improve. But what you really helped me also understand is how much better I'm going to make that site when I'm ready to do it. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like you really helped me hone in. On, on the, you know, speak the language of the, and I always say this, but you really helped me understand this and live it, speak your consumer's language. Like I was giving you all this eloquent language of what I thought the problem was. Meanwhile, knowing in my heart that I need to listen to what my consumer is saying, but I, I couldn't get it because I'm too close to it. And you were like, Rich, that sounds like an academic statistician. Let's go, get it cheap, get it simpler, shorter and that when i'm ready to redo my site because we move and improve as entrepreneurs yep. it's going to be such an easier task because i of, of what you've helped me stop and really think about and it's a beautiful thing and i'm just a huge fan and you know that
0: thank you and it's it's true i see so many people fall into this of when we're experts at what we do it's easy to talk in expert language you know just. I mean, think of, take like a math class, for example, if you're um, really talented at algebra, it's easy to talk about algebra and talk about all these different things. But if your dream customer is only on multiplication, they're gonna have no idea what you're talking about when you're using all these complex algebra terms. Like you have to meet them where they're at and talk the way that they talk and use the words that they use um, because then they're going to be able to connect and relate and start to build that relationship with you versus thinking, I have no idea what Lexi's talking about. <laughs> I have no exactly idea what they're, right. what they're saying. Exactly so I love right. that you said that.
1: And one final thing I'll also say, and I really, I pride myself on this, but I, you know, it's, it's a lot to, from what you've taught me. I'm also very coachable. Like, yeah. just because I'm a brand guy and I've been doing this for a long time, you know, Lex, when you tell me something the next day, it's changed on LinkedIn. I mean, because yep. I, <laughs> I I want, I I need that. I You have to be coachable as an entrepreneur. You can't say that you know it all because you're not going to win this game. You have to let your support system in and share it in a constructive way because they want to help you win. Just like, just like I do a lot of that with my entrepreneurs. Like, I'm honest with them. I'm at a stage in my life where if I can't be honest with you, you can do whatever you want and I will support you, but I'm going to bring it to the game because I want to help you help the audience win. And the only way to do that is to be coachable and upfront. And it's been really, I'm, I'm so happy that I'm hearing this from you because if everything was great, then it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be effective because it's not. I could improve and I will continue to improve.
0: Two final questions for you, which I'm curious to see if you're going to have a similar answer for both or different. Ah. And it's totally Ooh. fine either way. The first question is what do you wish more entrepreneurs knew right now?
1: Oh, I have an answer for that.
0: Oh, excellent.
1: Such a beautiful thing. I'm often asked what is like the one thing, it's usually the question like you're ending tomorrow, like the pearly gates are opening. What do you want somebody to know the last thing? And I would say this, it's really simple. Be the guide, never the hero of your story. Branding is about giving away your magic to help others win. When I put you on a stage, you are there to give the audience your message and magic. They need the help. You win the game in the end. The guide becomes the biggest hero in the end because the audience is the hero. You are the guide, and the audience needs the guide to win, so you become the hero. So that's the, and you know, you and I have talked about this. There are a lot of people out in the LinkedIn world and the Instagram world and the Facebook world, and we don't need to name names that are actually being heroes and not guides. You won't win the game. Long-term branding marathon. So my best advice to people is help people win, be a sole entrepreneur or engage first, sell second, as I say you will win this game in the long term because people need help. And if you are the savior, you win the game.
0: Drop the mic, drop the mic.
1: <laughs> Beautiful then- thing. Cause most people forget that Lex, like it's oh, a yeah. fine. Oh my gosh, it, yeah. It's a fine line. It's I all always, over
0: on Instagram.
1: <laughs> but I also get people that say the f- number one fear a lot of people say is, oh, I don't want to be in front of my brand. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, because you're thinking mm-hmm. like a hero. And they're like, what do you mm-hmm. mean? And when I tell them, I'm like, I'm not asking you to get up and boast not at all. I'm asking you to get up in front of your venture and share your magic. And it's a it's a, it's a process for people, and I'm not going to lie, but I will tell you, if somebody comes to me and doesn't want to do that, I'm not the right person to work with then, because I'm not going to create a, a venture foundation for you without you. You have to come to the game. And that's usually a lot of what I try to impart on people. And it, And I get people there, because the first instinct, and I'm guilty of this, is I don't want people to think I'm bragging and boasting. You're not just share your magic and your message and, and they will love you and they will revere you. And they'll talk about your, your, they'll make you conceited. You don't need to do it.
0: (laughs) And one of the things that remind me of that we talked about on on the podcast episode we recorded on your podcast was when we were talking about making that mindset shift from me to we, and instead of thinking about me and how I'm showing up in my business, make it about again your dream customer and say, How can I serve them? How can I help them? What challenges are they facing right now that I can show up on social media? I can record a podcast, I can send out an email and help them with. And every time that I switch that perspective and I, I show up to, to try and serve and trying to help them, it makes everything so much easier because I'm not in my own head, I'm not in my own way thinking you know, blocking myself or stopping myself from doing that. But instead I'm thinking this person could use my help and I have mm-hmm. the tools so, to help them. So who am I to not show up and help them through this right now?
1: It, I mean, you always say this and I love that. It, it's about serving others. Yeah. I mean, it's a game change. Servant leadership is a game changer. I say it all the time. I mean, so many people don't like that word. That's what we do as brands. You buy brands to solve problems. They serve you. I'm just saying for people, entrepreneurs, figure out how you serve and lead with that and put it into your venture. I promise you, if you stay in it for the long run, you will win this game. And I mean, Spanx is my best example. You know, Sarah Blakely didn't really, in the beginning, know what was going on. She'll admit, I I, I didn't know any of this, but she knew one thing I'm going to put confidence into that underwear. And I'm going to give people the confidence to get on stage and rock it. And she was all about that. And she just shares her story and tells people, I can help you look great. Done. And it's a beautiful story because it's it's about her and her magic, not her and the million things that I'm sure she can tell us about. You don't need to do that. Everybody, you don't, everybody just needs to know why she did what she did to help you look great. And feel confident, and I wear Spanx on stage, listeners. So I'm allowed to talk about that brand. <laughs> I wear a compression t-shirt because <laughs> I feel confident on stage. Yep. And that's it. It's that simple.
0: Yep. Oh, I love that. All right. Final second question. Yeah.
1: and I don't know if it's going to be the same answer. I'm going to let you know.
0: Yeah. Let me know if it's the same answer. Totally fine if not. If it is, or if not. All right. So, what is the one piece of advice that you had to learn the hard way? But has transformed your life and you wish you knew sooner.
1: Oh man. Okay, I do have a different answer for that. Oh, okay. Awesome. I do. I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, this is a really good one. This is a great way to this is a good final answer because I, I have some something, you know, pretty emotional to say. Um I when I was growing up in my career, I did not know how to network. I thought that networking was all about asking for something and I would always get so caught up in my like nerves of when am I going to ask and is it going to be in the during the appetizer or is it going to be 10 minutes into the call and I never listened on the other end because I I was like I don't really care what's going on I just need to ask when am I going to ask when am i going to ask and then I would ask and it would fall flat because I didn't know how to network. And so here's what I would say to you with that answer. I learned this the hard way, and it's been a beautiful lesson for me. The five most powerful words in the English language or in any language, because you can translate it, (laughs) is how can I help you? Game changer. And you know this, Lex, because I live it every day. You help people first every time you do a networking event, every time you interact with someone. You should start with those words, but if you don't want to start with them, you can get them in during the convo. How can I help you? And you know what? When somebody hears that you want to help them, they're going to say back to you, "Well, what can I do for you?" And and you have to know what you want. You do need to know, but you don't have to start the conversation. Can you get me a job? It's crazy. But here's the thing, my because my son says this sometimes to me. Well, what happens if you can't do with what they ask you to do something and you can't do it. Okay, so let's say for argument's sake, how can I help you? Well, can you do this 30-page report over the next five days on this industry? You could say, no, I'm sorry, I have finals, but but I can get back to you on that. Or I have somebody else that can do that for you. You need to give first before you receive. And if you're lucky enough to have to receive without giving, great, but that is not the norm. The norm is if you show value, people are going to come to you and they're going to help you win. And that is how I'm building my business. Free work to get paid. Value give to get. And that's the long-term game that I didn't understand and now I do. And I love networking now because I'm not asking for anything in return. I'm going to ask you what you want. Mm Mm-hmm. And now I'm not good at, re- I'm not good at asking, as you know, like people say, what can I do for you? And I don't have really sometimes have an answer, <laughs> but I know when I do, but when I do, and let me give you one last example on that. Cause I want to show you the power of this very good friend of mine, daughter was applying to college. She needed some help. I knew somebody that can help her. And I called my f- person that I knew without even a second of a heartbeat, I'd be more than happy to talk to her. And I connected them and it was a beautiful thing. And the reason that was powerful is because I've been working with this person and giving a lot of value. And it's like a gratitude bank, build the bank, make the call, wasn't even a hesitation, didn't even need to meet the person. What do I need to do to help? That's what you need to, especially the young entrepreneurs and anybody listening to this that's in their 20s, build that gratitude bank now. How can I help you? Because when you need it and the chips are down, If I knew that then, it would have been a different game for me, but I didn't understand it because I didn't have people guiding me the way that I, maybe I didn't listen, but I guide people to do it this way now.
0: Oh, drop the mic. That is so good. That's so good. It's like, it's just so true when you lead with that and lead with value too. It's like, I know from my own experience, you just want to talk about it more because you're leading with something that is filled with such great value that you want to get it out to people. You want to um, share it with people. You want to help people because you know the value that's in it. So thank you, Rich, so much. Um, This was amazing and so awesome to have you on the show. Where can people find you and connect with you more?
1: Okay, well, first of all, thank you. I mean, are you kidding? This is. I'm so grateful to be here. And the best part is this isn't ending because I I talk to you all the time. But I really wanna say thank you and I really appreciate that. So a couple of things, um, you can, my website is therichkeller.com and you have to put a the in front of Rich Keller because richkeller.com was taken. Um, <laughs> I actually have my own podcast called The Catalyst Effect and I really encourage people to go listen. I interview people like Lexi who have been through my program, what their one word is, what they're doing, the amazing things they're doing. And I also pick brands out in the world And I do five to 12 minute clips on what their one word is. And then on LinkedIn, type in Rich Keller Catalyst. I always tell people, put your one word into your bio. That's usually the greatest conversation starter. So Rich Keller Catalyst, Instagram Rich S. Keller, therichkeller.com or the Catalyst Effect podcast. And I really thank you so much for having me. I love you to death.
0: Thank you so much for just bringing me along this journey as well for answering my message, for getting on a call with me, for helping me. in the beginning. Program. It's only the beginning. But only I, the beginning. So, you stuck with me. You I, are stuck I'm with me. I'm all right me. with that. It's that. That's fine. <laughs> but I, just I I wanna, so appreciate you more than oh, you know. Thank you.
1: Right back at you. I'm waiting for my solopreneur shirt, but we'll you know we'll talk. Don't about
0: worry. That. I've I've been testing fabrics. It'll be on the way soon. <laughs> I just need to get you the best. That's. I've just been testing. No different i'm grateful
1: for you such a pleasure it's so great when we can each help each other win that that's the just the beauty of life and i'm just incredibly grateful so thank you
0: thank you rich hey there lexi here thanks for tuning in to another episode of building my empire Do you want 17 more secrets that I wish I knew before I quit my nine to five to build my own business? If so, I want to give you a free copy of my book. Go to 17successsecrets.com today and I'll see you on the other side. Cheering you on and remember you're made for more. See you next time.